Welcome to Personal Financial Strategy, the podcast, a podcast wholly devoted to you and your relationship with money, bringing expertise to bear on how you earn, invest, and spend your hard-earned cash. I'm your host, Tony King, and today we welcome a special guest to the podcast, Nissa Savage. Nissa is a CPA mom's franchise owner and an accountant serving law firms and business owners remotely from her office in, oh, well, I'm going to let her fill in that blank. Nissa, please please start off by telling us your story and give us the path that led you to what you are doing today. And most importantly, give us your why. Why do you do what you do today? All right, Tony, thank you so much for having me today. You know, it's a complicated storyline that um, brought me to accounting and to become a CPA. So I'll give you um, the quick and dirty version of this, which is I am currently in Alaska on the Kenai Peninsula, and I have been here for um, 10 years now. And wow. I became an accountant during that time. I actually arrived in Alaska um, as a mariner. I was working on the Alaskan ferries. I met someone who is now my husband, and we realized that we weren't going to start a family uh, if no one was at home. I have an undergraduate degree in economics. And so transitioning that to a master's of science in accounting was fairly straightforward. And so that's what, it was a very practical decision for me to make. And I've really, really enjoyed the field of accounting. And so it's been almost 10 years now in various capacities that I've been, I start, you know, started as a bookkeeper and now I'm a CPA and I own my own firm. Sounds like you're... Yeah. Isn't all just because I want a family, <laughs> um, but I've also just you know really wanted to stick with accounting because it's so phenomenal to see the power um, of information, and when I give the right information to like a startup or a business owner who's facing a struggle, it is what allows them to overcome it, and. Knowing that I can do that and that, you know, having the knowledge, the expertise to finally give answers and to clear through the mystery that they're struggling with, it's, right. it's really neat. Right. So it sounds like you got infected with this bug that some of us in this space of personal finance are infected with, and that's, you, you like the numbers. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. great. And your 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 accounting practice, you are a franchise owner of CPA Moms. Can can you expand on that a little bit and let us know what a yeah, franchise owner um, does? I own a firm and I get support from my franchise. So, you know, that comes with things like, you know, strategies on pricing and marketing and all the things that are really challenging when you're in your startup phase because you're so focused on servicing your clients that you would skip. Well, I have this, you know, whole team of people who are supporting me through that. I see. Um, and so that's our relationship. And I couldn't uh, have made it this far 
without um, certainly without the CPA Moms franchise. So we, it's really a great community um, of CPAs and their moms. And so they understand what it's like when I'm like, yeah, I didn't start work until 930 because I have a three-year-old. Right. <laughs> you know? right. right. Those are some uh, interesting waters to swim in, you know, uh, holding up a, a full-time accounting practice uh, and raising a family at the same time. It's, it seems like CPA moms might've just grown out of that need maybe. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that is how I ended up, you know, at CPA moms is because it, it's just like the accounting world is pretty cutthroat. I mean, the expectation at a firm is that you're working, you know, 50, 60 hour work weeks. And, you know, my husband works at sea. He's literally gone half the time. And so uh-huh. there, it, there's no way that I'm working full time, right. you know? So owning my own firm really is the freedom that I needed. And I'm an entrepreneur and that really helps me actually build out my services to my clients who are also entrepreneurs. Oh, that's that's excellent. I'd like to ask you, you know, at, at Personal Financial Strategy, we're, we're kind of focused on the blocking and tackling of personal finance, you know, knowing our numbers, our, our income number, our recurring monthly bill number, our monthly out-of-pocket spending, savings funds, and, and you know, and investing for the future. Um, so we're, that's our focus. We kind of stay with the individual. Um, but a lot, there's quite a few of the strategists out there listening to this podcast that are uh, small business owners or are even solopreneurs as they're called these days. And um, I'm wondering if you could, you could give us a little guidance on what the proper uh, accounting setup is for a solopreneur. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I have to just before I say anything, just say like proper setup is sort of edging on legal. And I um, would always refer somebody to a lawyer to like really make sure that you are compliant in your state. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you know, what you're really asking is like, what is it, you know, that we need to do to make sure that we can run our, you know, whatever our business is. And right. I get that that the underlying person here is the person who is doing all of the things, you know, trying to figure out their monthly bills, because when you're a solopreneur, you know, your business activity funds your personal life. That's right. It's really all the same. So you're looking at, okay, so, you know, what is my bottom line, my net income? That's what I can pay myself from. And so sort of there are a few paths to getting set up as a solopreneur, or an entrepreneur, and all of them are valid, right? So like you're either talking about a tax circumstance where you want to be an LLC, you know, taxed as uh, on your Schedule C on your 1040, which I hope that's not Greek to everybody, but you know, you can be taxed as a partnership. If you have a partner, you can be taxed as an S corp. If you don't have a partner, Mm -hmm, Um, all of mm -hmm. these items are sort of like, they have so much effect on your bottom line. It's a, it's a complicated and unique scenario for everybody. So sort mm-hmm. of an initial setup item that everybody has to ask themselves is like, what type of business am I and what should I be 
as far as, you know, legal compliance and then mm-hmm. secondarily for tax advantages. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you've heard of the S election and being an S corp and being taxed that way, but, you know, not everybody knows how it works, what it requires and, you know, what it's doing. So, you know, a lot of that is so fundamentally important to your business that like, you know, if you haven't had a strategy meeting on that yet, it's, that's your first step, like find a CPA that you can trust and ask or whoever filed your last tax return. If it, if you didn't do it yourself, you know, that person can help you. And if they can't, they should refer you, but you know, tax planning is, sort of the very first basic thing you should do. No, nobody wants to do this, but, but you yeah. should. Yeah. It's mysterious and it's kind of murky, right? Where you're like, I don't know. And actually the answers you'll get from professionals are mysterious and murky. And wow. there are reasons for that, you know, because it's complicated. Beyond that, like beyond your taxation and what you're going to face there, you know, having an understanding of like how your money flows, you should, you know, maybe draw yourself out on a piece of paper, how this works, right? Where does money come into this business? Where does it go out? And you want, you want to just sort of know that on a basic level, which you do, but writing it down lets you see like, oh, I have a bank account and Oh, I don't have a credit card yet. Okay. So having a credit card could delay experiencing an expense that can make a huge cash flow difference for people. So how do you, how do you get business credit? That's sort of like the next thing you're asking yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So money flow um, is really important. And then um, your bookkeeping system. I always recommend QuickBooks online because it's robust and it, you know, gets better every single day. You sort of can't fight into it and what they offer. So mm-hmm. embrace it. There are yeah. free options, you know, that can do a lot of things for you. Like Wave, you know, is very popular and you can send invoices for free from Wave and that's fantastic. So but it it's not going to do for you the same things that QuickBooks Online will. And certainly if you try to hire a bookkeeper, um, Wave is not efficient and will, you know, probably drive them crazy and skyrocket your expenses, especially if you're paying them hourly. Right, <laughs> so, right. You know, why do you want to keep your books? And no, we all know this, right? Because like, how else are you going to understand what happened? I like to open people's eyes who are entrepreneurs and are doing this typical thing that is so typical, which is that you're just looking at your financial situation based on what cash is in your bank account. Hmm. I I call it bank balance accounting, and it's a really poor way to know what you have going on in your business. Right. The most obvious reason is that like you can think you have, you know, a few thousand dollars, $10,000, but nobody in there has accrued for you what your taxes are. Right. You have no idea what your net profit is. 
you don't know how much of that money still belongs to you. The risk is that you're going to outspend what you owe someone else. That's the most obvious risk, but there are a ton of reasons to really embrace your bookkeeping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I know a few of the solopreneurs out there, they're doing their own books with QuickBooks Online. And I think that's a temptation. It's just, you know, when, when you're operating QuickBooks, just to kind of look at your bank balances as you log yeah. into QuickBooks and make decisions going from there. And so what I hear you saying is, oh, red flag warning. Yeah. You know, if you have linked your QuickBooks online to your bank and you see your bank, you know, feed come in and maybe you're even savvy enough that you're managing that well and you're, you know, adding those transactions correctly and matching them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're entering the checks you're writing. Maybe your spending is tracked. Maybe you're doing a pretty good job. But, you know, how often are you reading your reports? Like, what does your profit and loss report tell you? um, Even worse, like, (laughs) what is your balance sheet saying? Um, I find so often that uh, entrepreneurs are doing their own books, but they're not realizing what it's telling them. When you see your bank feed says Ah. bank balance this, but your QuickBooks balance is different. You need to explain to yourself what that difference is. It's not accidental. It's not mysterious. There's an actual factual reason for it. And a lot of times this is where people have incorrectly booked things or Mm -hmm. double booked Mm -hmm. is more frequent. Things are just double booked all the time. And to have meaningful reports, it all has to be correct. You need to do your monthly reconciliation. You need to clean out any errors every single month and have a report package for yourself every Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I mean, really high level, right? You need to have a business plan. Your business plan should be a five-year plan every year mapped out. You want to know what are your KPIs, like your key performance indicators that you're targeting. Once you're at this level where you're like, hey, I have a vision. I wrote it down. You know, I made myself a slideshow that has this chart on it that says, you know, how to get to my first 100,000, how to get to my you know, how to get to seven figures in whatever time frame you want, say five years, right? Right, right. This should be a plan you've written and it should be something you can show your CPA who right. can collaborate with you on not just your KPIs and how to read them from your bookkeeping, mm-hmm. but also then say, let's do better and let's make a tax strategy. That was a lot. I mean, I said a lot of things there and I'm not sure what, say, what level you're at in your business or most of your, these listeners are, but Mm -hmm. one, I mean, at a, every single business owner can write a business plan. And if you've never done it, it's, it's pretty eye-opening. So go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of help out there online in writing a business plan. And I think it is something that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we get super excited about the solution that we're offering the world, rush to market. 
and, and maybe even skip over uh, a written business plan. But I'm hearing you talk about the value of it. And I really like the way you connect it to KPIs and then connecting KPIs to tax planning. And, you know, I'll just be transparent and say, I've never thought that way, but I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah. I mean, your um, tax strategy is going to be different in your first year than it will be once you turn out into profits, right? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and as far as making a business plan, it's not all about the words, right? You are making item by item financial projection when you do these, right? So I love, there are multiple tools online. I think the easiest sort of most user-friendly is LivePlan. They've been around for a while, but I love to have my clients hop onto LivePlan and show themselves their business plan. Their financials have to go in there and it helps you learn a lot of lessons. Is that right? Um, is is that a subscription service? I am not sure how they bill anymore, okay. um, but I do think you can pay monthly or annually. And and what it does is, once you've established your plan and your financial forecast, you can then link it to your QuickBooks Online. Oh, really? And it can, oh. yep, and it can give you live comparison on your performance versus your forecast. You can keep that to yourself or you can send that to potential investors if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, often people reach for something like Live Plan or some other you know, forecasting tool when they mm-hmm. need investment uh, because it makes a beautiful, it answers all the financial questions that a potential investor would have or a bank. Wow. Um, That's a hot tip right there. Uh, yeah. I love I love tools like that that can give mm-hmm. you everything all in one place. And they're not the only one. I mean, there are plenty of options I am less familiar with, but have also used. Um, so I'll just keep that to myself because um, everything changes so much in tech. Yes. <laughs> I have learned to not recommend tech that I don't have intimate knowledge of. Right, right. I hear you. Yeah, I've learned that same lesson. (laughs) Yep. Uh, It's been a while, but, and, you know, in fact, personal financial strategy operates with uh, really cutting edge SaaS software. And, um, but in the past, we've, we've had less than software solutions for our clients. And um, so I know the, I I know the uh, bump you're trying to avoid there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, these companies will disappear anymore that have been venture capital funded and they, their funding runs out and they're not replacing it with subscription fees because they've advertised a free product. And if they didn't get creative with, you know, advertising funding, you'll find that tech will literally disappear from out from in front of you. And it's, it's scary for my clients if that happens. Uh, So I, I think that like, waiting, you know, a tool I love that has really put in the time is bill.com. So I would also say this is a tool that a lot of entrepreneurs should embrace. Like as soon as you start having payables that um, you can't stay on top of, you know, implement something like bill.com 
They've partnered with Divi for credit card management. And man, is that an amazing pairing. And they've put in the years and they're not going anywhere. But the between those two products, you can um, really expand how you can plan in your business because you have a user-friendly tool for paying bills and bill management that mm-hmm, didn't exist mm-hmm, three mm-hmm. years ago, you know? Yep. So once you've reached a level where you have um, staff or team who are spending, you know, mm-hmm. yes, then you really need to jump on board with beyond the expense report, you know, right. they need to have a credit card corporate credit card, right? right. That, that you can, you can see live what they're spending and it's not going to hit you later as a, you know, expense report comes in. Yeah. So it's no fun. No. So, yeah. you know, did, there's levels as you grow, you need to learn these things. Yeah. Could you spell Divi? Divi, D-I-V-V-Y. And they were just bought by bill.com not long ago. And um, it's a really interesting tool because, you know, if you go to sign up for a Bank of America credit card for your business, right, they're still attaching that to your personal credit. Oh, are uh, they really? And every time you add a team member or an employee, that goes on their personal credit. Divi has removed that and they're giving you a corporate credit line. This is like amazing to me. So you don't have to do it at a, you know, a line of credit at your bank anymore. Now there's a national level um, offering and that's what this is. So this is like extremely popular with nonprofits and that's, you know, partly because of how the user interface is, but partly because you have, you are now really detaching the individual who touches your card from that credit card. You can call it recurring expenses. And that can be what's the word written on the card name on this card is recurring expenses. It's not a person. Wow. It's a person at your business. And so you can you know, as team comes and goes, it has no impact on how you're using your credit cards. Mm -hmm. This can make a big difference for some people like in construction, you know, in some fields, Mm -hmm. having this tool Mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. So, well, thank you for that tip as well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm up on my tech this week. Well, that's great, (laughs) uh, Nissa. You know, I, I can just Picture it in my head right now. We've uncovered some things that are going in our listeners' minds that are going to require a little deeper, uh, more questions and a little deeper answers. And I'm wondering if people wanted to contact you. Uh, You are taking on new clients at this point, I understand. Yep. Yep. My business is growing. And um, so my uh, website has a link you can use. And I offer um, 30 minute discovery calls for free. So cpamoms.com slash Nissa dash Savage. And that is Nissa is N as in Nancy, I-S-S-A dash Savage. So cpamoms.com slash Nissa dash Savage. Right. And um, I'd love to hear from people because it's always fun to just meet people and see what's going on out there. So thank you so much, Nissa, for sharing your expertise with us. 
and sharing the best way to get in touch with you. I'm I'm excited to learn about some of the some of the uh, bill.com. I think personal financial strategy is right at that uh, you know, tipping point where we need to start thinking about a solution like that. So I'm going to check into that, but I really appreciate you letting all our listeners know about the tools that are out there and your availability for helping. Yes, absolutely. I really appreciate being with you today. And um, I know that it's, there's always a lot when it comes to finances and I help people, you know, with their personal finances, usually related to taxes Um, but often, you know, if someone needs a mortgage and they have to fill out a form for the bank, um, very familiar with all, all of the things that are going to be a challenge for people. So I love to help and I can't wait to hear from people. Fantastic. Well, until next time, strategists keep on strategizing. 